Welcome to Liberate Your People Pleaser. I'm Brenda Florida, certified life coach, and I am on a mission to liberate people to their authentic power and ideal self-expression. So what's a people pleaser? Well, those of us who are people pleasers are usually very loving and kind. We're empathetic. We also tend to prioritize other people's needs over our own, which leaves us feeling not seen and not heard. We're great at anticipating the needs of others and often put ourselves in second place. We're great doers and nurturers, and we often have the role of keeping the peace, whether it's in our families or in the workplace. Well, the first thing I wanna share with you is that there's nothing wrong with you. But we do wanna take some of these qualities of people pleasing that we focus so much on other people and turn them on to ourselves first, which turns them into our superpower. To find out more, listen to this next episode of Liberate Your People Pleaser. I am super excited to have Kwabi with us today. She is just a superstar in my, in my book. Kwabi, I think you're just your pure, authentic energy that you have on social media, which is really how we got to know each other. We run in a few circles of uh, yes. masterminds for coaches and stuff like that. And yes. that's how we met. But we were just discussing before we started recording, we've actually never met face to face. No, not yet. <laughs> so I am really excited to be here with you today yeah. and to talk about, so for everybody who isn't aware of it, Kwabi has this great book. If you're watching the video of this podcast, you can see it. If you're on audio, uh, it's called <laughs> 50 Questions to Answer When You Reach 50. So this is a guide for women to be fabulous. And I'm going to say at any age. Yes. Because there's true. Nothing about the questions that don't apply at True. Every age, of course, your perspective as you, you know, as you age gets different when you answer them. Yes. A great thing to do, you know, every decade, answer the questions at 20, yes. 40, at 50. I turned 60 this year. Yeah. So I'm into that, you know, decade. And so look, I feel more ambitious exactly and I was very ambitious when I was younger you know I've always had a love it do um you know big dreams big big goals all that kind of yeah but I think maybe because there's that feeling of I don't have forever you know that's it that puts a little fire under the belly you know yes so (laughs) I want everybody and of course men for the men who are listening you don't have to you know hit stop right now. Um, the questions are great for everyone. Yeah. And, but I think that there is something special about getting into this midlife arena and how classically, and I think that this is changing Mm -hmm. slowly, but surely thank God (laughs) between patriarchy and other things that value women 
for their looks, for what they can do for someone else, for, you know, all yes. those kinds of things. The aging was a real, um, it was like a, almost like a bad diagnosis, right? Yeah. Like men could get older and be fabulous. We saw that all the time, <laughs> but not women. And so I want to start by letting you introduce yourself to the audience, okay. in whatever okay. way want. And I would love to hear some of your backstory because I said, folks, just to be perfectly candid, before Kwame and I started recording, I asked her about this because to me, and if you, when you follow her on social media, of course, all the links will be in the show notes. I mean, everything about you is so fabulous. You always look, you know, dressed to the nines and just fabulously put together. So to me, you're, you're like this ideal perfect looking woman. Okay. Off from it, but go ahead. (laughs) I'm old enough and wise enough to know no one is that woman. (laughs) And I look at you and I say, well, first of all, none of none of us as women have gotten to any age we're at without some scars, without probably trauma, you know, and uh, then I look at you as a black woman, and I know that you spent a lot of time growing up in Nigeria. And I say, okay, so this woman can't have privilege, even though you're looking like the most fabulous. Maybe your life is, you know, it's so easy to judge that and say, oh well, yeah, yeah. If I had her fabulous body, I could look fabulous at fifty-two. You know, but that's all bullshit, right? Yeah, yeah. It's not all about that. It's and way it's more than that that we tell ourselves so yes everyone who might discount that and say oh well she can because she fill in the blank has money has a husband is beautiful is thin is whatever yeah Yeah. just um debunk that right now yes that that has nothing to do with any of it and so i want you to tell us more about what you do and how you got here like what's your story that all right to this passion of women in midlife. All right. Hi, everyone. My name is Kwavi. I'm a life coach for women 50 and over. And I love this group of women like 50 and over. I just think it's a magical stage. And how I got into this was I used to be a weight loss coach for women 40 and over. And I enjoyed doing that. And I stumbled on that when I was in my teens, where I watched a documentary on TV. I was in England at the time. um, And I just I just I was in college there and I just got back home, switched off the television. I was looking for something to watch. And I stumbled upon this documentary about health and really was talking about food. And just after watching that, I just made this decision that I was no longer going to eat meat. And then it put me on this path of where I started like investigating everything I ate and just put me on the path to healthy living. So I was a weight loss coach. And then three years ago, I decided to interview women who were 50 and over just to kind of get like their, you know, maybe some, they can give me some ideas and things I can do to kind of help prepare me for being in my fifties. And I was just disappointed. Mm. 80% of the women described themselves as invisible. I'm like, whoa, whoa, whoa. I was like, hold up. Invisible. Invisible. I was like, hold up. Like invisible. I'm like, look at me. I'm just excited to get into this golden age. Mm 
and you're telling me you feel invisible. And so through speaking with them, I, I understood where they were coming from. And it's just this way that society has of making women feel insignificant. Mm-hmm. And I was like, no, no. And that was, I just decided, okay, it was right after that. I decided, you know what? I was to do weight loss, but guess what I'm going to do now? I am going to cater specifically to women in their fifties and over and help them so that they can decide to give themselves permission to live their lives on their own terms, unapologetically. I'm like, this is what I'm going to do. And so that's why, that's what I do now. It's like, I focus on women in that age because I'm like, we have so much experience. We have done so much. This is not the time to kind of shrink in the shadows. How? Why? Yes. Yes. (laughs) I'm like, no way. Not going to let that happen. No, not on my watch. (laughs) Excellent. Excellent. I love that. And you know, the, the idea that feeling of being invisible is something I relate to a lot. I actually always, I always felt invisible, even as a little girl. Mm -hmm. So maybe you can go back to some of your, you know, backstory. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Because I, and I coach a lot of people because I focus primarily on people pleasers. Yes. You know, every people pleaser, I mean, people pleasing and all the things that fall under that are coping skills for all of that, for feeling yes. Yes. Feeling invisible as a response to trauma. Maybe if I can just be good enough, maybe if I can just make everybody happy enough, then I'll be seen is sort of the illusion, only it never happens. Right. It never happens. It never happens. It never happens until we allow ourselves, give ourselves permission to be seen, heard, valued by ourselves. Yes. And then other people, you know. Yeah. And that's it. And that's it. And like you asked me about my background. So I was born in England and then I moved to Nigeria for middle and high school. And after middle and high school, I moved back to England for college. And so and then now I live in the States. And so I've experienced different cultures. Now, I will say this in Nigeria. One of the things I do love is they do respect the elders. So they, they feel that, you know, you're older, you know, but you know, when I started doing this work, I realized that after doing further research, that even though they do respect and, and it's a big thing to have like a 50th or 60th birthday, it's like big, big, you know, big events. But on looking through like the media, you don't see women my age in the media. It's just not, it's like we live in a very youth obsessed society. Yes. And I mean that globally. It's yeah. like, Maybe there are some, you know, some groups where they're like, okay, you know, we respect our elders, but still, who do you see in the magazines? Who do you see on TV? Yes. You don't see women our age. We're not portrayed in, you know, we're not seen. It's always the young. Yeah. And that's it. That's it. I mean, and so I'm on a mission to change that. Yeah. Really? Because I think for us too, it's not only for us that are here now. What about the younger people? Because if they live long enough, they're going to get old too. And so right. what happens? Right. You know? Yeah. So what do you think? I mean, this is too simplistic of a question for mm-hmm. a yeah. problem. <laughs> <laughs> I'll try. Yeah. <laughs> so what do you think is the number one thing for any woman? So I'm thinking of the Gandhi, you know, 
quote of being the change you want to see. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I don't think we can't look, there's no power in looking to someone else to make any of this difference. Yes. The blank folks for this, right? Whether it's mm-hmm. and how that's represented in the media, um, whether it's a patriarchy, whether it's, you know, uh, anything. Yes. We can never just wait for somebody else to do that. No. No power in that. No, so there's not. How, what to you is sort of a, a foundational principle around yeah. coming that. Okay. So the first thing I really believe that all women need to kind of adopt is this thing about self-love. I'm telling you. And, and the reason why I say that is think about this. When you love someone or love something, what do you do? Yes. You, you take care of it. Take you protect it. it. You make sure that that's what we need to do for ourselves. But we don't do that as women. Oh my goodness. It's like, we look for others to find our worthiness. And guess yeah. what? You're worthy regardless. Yes. And, and, yeah. and so once we start to adopt this whole concept of self, I think it's really powerful. And I think once you love yourself, you're like, oh, you know, I want to take care of myself. I want to do these things for myself. And yeah. so it changes your relationship with yourself once you begin to adopt that. Yes. So that makes me think of two things, two directions <laughs> I want to go in. So one, one, I'm going to go to the very first question in your book. Yes. Uh, but before we do that, mm. I had such a great conversation and coaching moment last night with a client on this idea of looking to others to validate us. Mm. And I think, I know the more I coach, the more I see how our desire to have someone else validate us, someone else say, you look great. That dress is great on you. Your hair is awesome. Or your work is really good. Or, you know, dinner is great. Like whatever. Now, don't confuse me, anyone listening, to the fact that compliments are lovely, right? Oh, yeah, they're great. Yes. They're always lovely. Love yes. that sort of mirror and feedback. Yeah. But there's a difference between feedback and really needing somebody's validation. And to me, you can tell the difference when you're yes. there or not. Yes. Because if I am just in a feedback mode, which is kind of an energetic, it's almost an unconscious thing. But if I'm in that mode, then if you tell me I look great, that's awesome. It's icing on my cake. Okay. Yes, exactly. But if I need it, if I need that validation, then when you don't tell me that, that's when I start to second guess or doubt. Maybe, maybe these earrings aren't quite right because these are circles. Okay. If you can't see, I have like pearl <laughs> drop earrings, on, but my dress has stripes. Maybe I should have gone with a square, you know, whatever. Yes. And we can go off on this whole tangent mm. of second guessing and doubting ourselves. Yes. yes. Get that validation. So I think that's how we know which side of that we're in. Yes healthy side of sure I love a compliment or sure I love acknowledgement for the work I'm doing in the world the work I'm doing at home the all the things sure yes but when I feel flat or depleted or uh, not valued because someone else didn't give it to me that's how we know yes that's how we know we need we need a good coach yes time to do the inner work that's it 
There's no power in any, in needing that from somebody outside of you. All the power is inside. Yes. And I like what you said about other people, but sometimes we even use things to validate who we are. And that too, like you said, you have to do the inner work first. Yes. Yes. Okay. So I want to go to this first question. Yeah. I I recommended your book to somebody. Well, it was just somebody who saw my post on Instagram about you. Yeah. But it's a person I know well. Okay. Yes. And um, so a few weeks later, I saw her and I was like, so how, are you, have you started on the book? And she's like, uh, yeah, but I got to the first question and got stuck. You know and- what? <laughs> it's, I have, I hear that a lot. Yeah. Seriously, so I hear that a lot. Question, folks, the, to this point, what are the 20 things I love most about myself? She could not come up with anything. So everybody listening to this, what are 20 things you love about yourself? And Kwame, it's your question. So I'll let you elaborate. But one of the things I loved about how you worded that is it's not about what you do. Like I think, especially as women, although I know plenty of people pleasing men who do the same thing, they will go right to their roles. Yes. Well, I'm Mm -hmm. a good provider. I'm a good mother, a good father. I'm a good daughter, you know, whatever. And we go to the roles, the things we can Mm -hmm. do. I, you know, I can knit like nobody's (laughs) business, you know, whatever. I don't know. I don't knit, but um, yeah. I can make a great Cosmo, you know? Yeah. (laughs) But that's not what you're asking. You're asking what I love about myself. So I'm curious to hear more about the the meaning of that for you and why you had that be your first question in the book. And the reason why I have that is it's almost like the foundation. Mm -hmm. If you can love yourself, believe me, you're going to be able to answer the other questions because you're now in that place of love. And the creativity, you know, the creative juices start to flow. You have to be there to even begin. And that's why I did that. And actually what I do is um, when I offer my retreats, that's always the first question on the first day. Like, let's start there. Like, what are some of the things you love? But you know what's interesting? Most of them like struggle with it in the beginning. And then, you know, we start to have discussions and they're like, oh yeah, I love this about me. And I love this about me. And then eventually they kind of get into it. But in the beginning, it's a struggle because women don't think about that. They don't think about things about love. They love about themselves. They just don't. Yeah. So tell me a couple of things you love about yourself. Okay. I love my smile. I just love, I love that I'm able to laugh with reckless abandon. I don't care. I mean, it just Hello, laughing with reckless abandoned person. Yeah. I mean, it just, it just like, yes, yeah. I get excited. I love how, when I'm determined to do something, I do it. I live that. I love that spirit that I have. I'm like, I'm going to do it. Mm-hmm. Some people may not like it and you know, they may, but that's okay. Mm-hmm. You know? Um, so those, and I, and I love how I don't like, if I want to do something kind of long, I just do it. And sometimes like I have kids, right? So I have two boys and they just think I am just extra. That's the word they use. And I tell them it's okay. And it's funny because they always say, but extra is not a good word. I'm like, in my book, it is. (laughs) (laughs) I'm like, I'm just, cause I'm, I'm very comfortable with being me, Mm -hmm. but I also understand that not everyone's going to like me. And I know I'm okay with that. Yeah. I'm very okay with that. That's so important though. Like, I think we have to be okay 
with the fact that there will be people that won't like us, that like yeah. really won't like us. And there's yeah. like, whatever, we're not their cup of tea. They don't love it all yeah. the time, but there's going to be people who yeah. actually do yeah. not want to be in a relationship with you, do not want to be around you. Yeah. And that's okay. Get to the point where it's okay. Like, yeah. again, got, you know, so many people pleasers, like we live and die for other yeah. people. Yeah. How great we are, not how great we are from an egocentric standpoint, but just that they love acknowledge. Mm -hmm. And so that I, the risk of you not liking me can feel really overwhelming to a people Mm -hmm. pleaser. And I want your perspective. I don't know if you can relate to that. I think for me, and I really believe this has to be with my upbringing. I was a daddy's girl. So I was. Uh, you know, I would go to work with him. And I think I really got my, you know, can do attitude from him because he always instilled in me that you can do whatever you okay. can be, whatever you want to be. You And I think that relationship I had with him yes. is, is very much responsible for how I am and how I show up in the world. I really just, yeah. I show up as me, you know, and he always told me, you know what? Some people are not going to like what you do. And that's okay. He always talked about things. So from a young age, I knew that. And okay. when I would sense it as a teenager, I'm like, oh, okay, that's what my dad was talking about. And don't uh-huh. get me wrong. There were still times when I'd be like, really? They don't <laughs> like me, but I won't, I, I wouldn't, I would let it bother me, but not to the point where it's like, okay, I can't exist. I'm going to keep going. They don't like me. All right. You know? Don't yeah. feel great about it, but I keep on going. And, yeah. and I would recognize it too when I, you know, as an adult, I would see it and I'd be like, okay, that's fine. They, they don't. And, you know, I keep it moving. But I, I really believe that my relationship with him helped because I've, you know, I've never really been one to say, okay, I'm going to do this because other people, I want people to accept. I'm like, no, I'm just going to do it because I truly believe it's something that I want to do. And I know- yes in the process is probably going to help people. But with that said, though, something very interesting happened when I wrote the book. Uh-huh. So I, when I, I was really excited about writing the book. Mm-hmm. And then when I finished, um, I'd given it to my publisher. We had gone back and forth on editing, proofreading, cover everything. And we're like, okay, now it's ready to be put out into the world. So it came out on June 15th. Okay. I didn't tell anyone until six weeks later. Oh. I was not comfortable letting anyone know that I was an author. I just felt, so when you people talk about imposter syndrome. Yes. Yeah. I had that big time. I was like, I can't tell anyone. Interesting. Yeah. And I think it's so, I really appreciate you sharing that because I think it, it really helps for the audience to know that just because you're a person like, in this case, me and you, who yeah. are willing to get on a podcast, get in front of a camera, you know, put lots of pictures of ourselves on social media, blah, 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 doesn't mean we're impervious to all the things. Yes. You know, we may be impervious to some, I mean, there's things now that you know, I don't get bothered by, I would say yeah. I'm impervious to that now. But there's always those things. And so I think that's interesting how the imposter syndrome sort of snuck in on you. I know. I was just, it was almost like the author outfit was just not fitting me. I just didn't feel like it fit right. And 
the reason why I actually came out of it was my publisher now said, well, Kwabi, um, we're having a virtual book fair. I'd love your book in the book fair. Can you read your book and send us the video? And I'm like, I don't have my book. She's like, what? <laughs> I couldn't even order my book to look at it. So that's what happened. I hadn't, hadn't even seen like You know, people get excited over their book. That was not me. And, right now, and I feel like I'm going to order that thing as soon as it comes out and have a whole box of them in my living room. Yeah. And I have friends that did that, but I, I didn't say a word. And so when she said that, and she said, I said, no, I haven't ordered it yet. And she said, why? I said, I don't know. And she said, well, okay, Kwavi, why did you write this book in the first place? And as soon as she said that, it was like, everything came to me. And I was like, you know what? I'm more than a book. I know why I wrote this book. I want to impact millions of women around the world. And I want to inspire. And I went on and on. And I said, okay, that was it. And that kind of got me out of it and got me out of thinking about me and thinking about others. And then I was able to move forward. Yes, bingo. And not only is it thinking about others in a healthy way, it's about your purpose. Yes. I think that purpose is such an important part of our drive, I'm going to call it. going. And when you, I have a client now who just because of natural things in life, right? Kids are grown and gone, you know, marriage is, you know, whatever, single, da, da, da. It is just feeling, you know, kind of has lost the purpose. Like I think now you still have kids at home. Yeah. Um, well, one, one, and then the one's gone. <laughs> okay. Okay. So I think that whole empty nest thing for a lot of moms makes for a very interesting, you know, what's my purpose sort of thing. Yes. And I think when we can get focused on our purpose, I feel the exact same way. Yes. Then the self-doubt starts to drop because then it gets, that's more important. It's almost it's like bigger. It's bigger yeah, than you. It's yeah. Why it's the way that a people pleasing mom, you know, who would normally not ruffle any feathers and is just getting along with everything, yes. but somebody does something to her kid. Thank and you. Mama bear comes out. Right. And right. Also, she doesn't care if she pisses you off. You're not going to do that to her kid. And let's that's it. It's kind of that same because that's a purpose. That's a purpose. Yes. I got to protect my kids. Something. Yes. I got to advocate for them. And when we can get into our purpose and sure Mm. purpose changes. Yes. At least gets fine tuned. It's not. Yes. Through our whole life. So I think there are many times throughout the decades that we really have to go back and ask these questions to discover or, um, almost like quest, I think in a healthy way, question our purpose. Like, is it? Yes. Yes. I agree. Surprised me, Or has it shifted a little bit? Um, because my purpose now, even my purpose now compared to 10 years ago, thank you. Feels very different to me. Oh, guess mine does too. Oh yeah. That same. I love that. You just said you want to get this out to millions because that's what I like say and yeah. that's where I start getting my little for me it's always a trigger of arrogance oh is that arrogant that I want to reach millions of people no and then of course my healthy me is like well fuck no no you want to help millions of people is that arrogant to help millions of people How that's it right yeah so let's go to some of these questions because yes. there were a couple <laughs> that, so they're all good there's 50 questions right guys 
there are some that are just I just thought were extra juicy. So hang on, let me. <laughs> I did the terrible thing of folding my pages back. That's what I do not do to a, to a book. But, um, oh, I love this one because for people pleasers, setting boundaries can be such a challenge. The um, question eleven: What is one thing I won't budge on? Yes. Tell me what that means or what that looks like for you. Right. So that means that there is something that you know. No matter what, you can be tired. You can be in some kind of dire straight situation and you're going to be like, no go. Uh huh. It's like, no, this is not, and it could be as simple as, you know what? I am not going to use the potter potty. I don't care <laughs> what's going on. <laughs> I have a That's one of mine. Seriously. That's one of mine. I don't care how I will look for a Starbucks. I will find somewhere else. It, and I say this because my kids play soccer. So you go to all these different places uh-huh. and some, I'm like, Sorry, I'm just not going to do that. No go for me. Yes, (laughs) I love that. You know, it was interesting. I, the other, a couple weeks ago, I met the CEO of my favorite coffee place, which is coffee, which started in San Francisco and they're up and down the um, West coast here now. And I just love their coffee. I'm a total coffee snob. Like, yeah, exactly. Right. Okay. I have, you know, a coffee or two, you know, like I'll find a new one. It's not always been the same one, but I'm, I'm a total coffee snob and I will spend a lot more money than to yes, exactly. a coffee. Well, so go back, you know, two years ago when I was having, you know, challenges in every arena of my life, mm-hmm. I have no money. I mean, I'm literally, you know, sitting in my car with $50 in the bank, Googling homeless shelters, because I only had two more nights in my Airbnb and with $50. Yes. Go get another Airbnb. Airbnb. You know? Yeah. Now, to spoil or alert on that story, money came in before my two days were up, and I got <laughs> Airbnb. Uh, but I, it, it struck me when I met him because I'm going on and on about how much I love his coffee, and I realized, oh my gosh, no matter how broke I was through all that time, and, I, and I'm telling you, I ate so much <laughs> butter and jelly, you know. But I always had my Phil's coffee, which is $18 a pound. See, that's it. Like I, I was not drinking shit coffee. That's it. It, And so I, I just think it's such a great question. Yeah. Whether it's something like that in porta potties or a behavior because. Oh, behavior. Yeah. Like you're not going to, it's like this. Yeah. Yeah. What's a, like a, like, I'm so sensitive now after, of course, I've been with three emotionally abusive men in my life. Mm -hmm. So, and then just my own awareness of patriarchy, how that has affected me through my life and stuff, baggage that I've had. Um, I am really sensitive now. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That sort of gender bias. Yes. And that's another big one for me. I mean, I'm single. I would love to have a fabulous man in my life. Yeah. And it, it he won't be able to have a smidge of gender or race bias. Like, right. I can't. Yeah. I can't take it. I am with you. I can't. I don't tolerate that either. Yeah. That's like, nope. Sorry. Moving yeah. on. No, yeah. just. That's just not something. No. Yeah. Mm-mm. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Oh, this was a good one for everybody in our age group. Yeah. Uh, 
What was your best part of pre-menopause, menopause, post-menopause, and then the not so good part? I love that you included that question. Yes. So tell me about that. Okay. The reason why I actually included that question was I heard so many women that would kind of say, oh, you know, this menopause and, and, and agreed. Some women have so much, the symptoms and, you know, the experiences through menopause can be debilitating. I understand that. However, I look at it from the perspective of you are here to experience it. Some women don't even get that chance because they're not here. And so that is where I'm going with that. It's like, to me, menopause is a blessing in that sense, because you are alive to experience it. And so what are some of the things that I know there is something good about parts of it? Yeah. Maybe not all, right. but you can find one thing. Yes, yes, <laughs> yes. I was so determined when I went through it that I was not going to have the cultural story. Yes, exactly. And that's what I think, you know, really going through menopause and then of course, a lot of years post-menopause, which is the correct living today. This yes. is new, right? We used mm-hmm. to die very soon after menopause, right? So it's not like we have generations and generations yes. to do this post-menopause thing. And I just thought, I'm, I'm not doing it. I'm, I'm no. not going to have that story. Yeah. So, I mean, I did have a few, you know, I mean, your body's yeah. changed. Yeah, it changed. Yeah. I mean, for me, I had, it was almost a non-event. Right. And so, except I love not having my period. <laughs> I see that that's a big plus for me too. I'm like, don't have to worry about that. And so, yeah, I agree. The freedom of that is, is really lovely. And the whole, I'm always trying to debunk the dry vagina uh, syndrome. Yeah. Yeah. It happens. And so for everybody who really has it, I'm not trying to, you know, dismiss. I had it. So yeah. not I never had it but see not everyone does though so it's one of those you know yeah and so I think that we are kind of that first generation yeah to start to change that story I agree so it doesn't it doesn't have to be a negative thing I mean it's no like being pregnant's a change. I agree. And I think also too, one of the reasons why I put that in the book is I also want to, I want women to empower themselves with this. Now, yeah. if you have symptoms that are debilitating, yes. listen, seek professional advice and listen and weigh the different options. Yeah. And one of the things I always tell my clients, if you go to your doctor and you see that they're not addressing your needs, Find another one, seriously, because we know within when we're being dismissed. Yes. Do not ignore that voice. Pay yes. attention and move on and find someone else. Yes, absolutely. I love that. That's great. Awesome. Okay. I know we need to wrap up because <laughs> I can't go on forever, but I would love I know, to- but I'm enjoying this. <laughs> so I, I, we're going to do two more questions. Yes. I, I love this one. Are there parts of my life that don't reflect who I am? Mm. One, I just want to take a moment again to say, I love, and I know you were very intentional with every question and how you worded it, but folks, when you read these questions and work with them internally, they're all worded and phrased in a way that takes you to an empowering place, not a 
there's 10 more things wrong with me, you know, like, which a lot of times are questions. I always tell people like, never ask yourself why something is happening. It's like, why do babies die? There is no good answer. So Mm -hmm. I don't care what's going on. Don't ask why it's happening. A empowering question might be what's here for me to learn. Even that, if it's asked too soon, will just turn you into a self-critical. Right. I love the question, what's seeking to emerge? Mm, I love that. Yes. Out of this, you know. Yes. I love that. Yeah. What's seeking to emerge out of me from Mm, this? Um, Love it. I love this, looking at it from not of what's wrong with me or what's wrong with my life, but what parts of my life don't reflect who I am? Love that. Mm-hmm. Talk about yes. what, what that question means to you. So that means to me that that you might be wanting to do more. And, and I think at this age, we have this way of, you know, we have all these different ideas percolating in our brain. And I don't know if that's just what happens when you hit 50 and over. It's like, you have all these different ideas. And so it's like, who are you truly? Like you've probably had the role of maybe mother, wife, friend, daughter, but you know what, this is your time now. So what is it that you've been harboring inside that is waiting to come out Mm -hmm. that maybe if you told people, they'd be like, are you serious? Those are the ones that you need to bring out into the world. Like maybe you've been a corporate attorney all this while, and maybe deep, deep inside, you want to maybe do pottery. Like, what is it? You know, like allow it to come out. Yes. Uh, Allowing. Isn't that, I I think allowing allowing has so much personal power in it. Yes. Allow instead of blocking or trying to make things fit into a certain yeah as if they have I always love uh, one of my teachers and mentors is yes yes she she just wrote a book this last year uh called the integrity cleanse I think that's the name of the book yeah that's the name of the program but whatever it's a book on integrity and it's about our own you know integrity being our own internal being in a life with our yes yeah and she will say it's a river not a rock yes we aren't these immovable you know we flow you know idea that there's something something noble about never changing that there's something noble like that's dependable or something like that and those are really old ideas that i feel like thrown and it's really the power of that river, right? Because water can yes. through and yeah. You know, oh my goodness, yeah. Thing, you know, yeah. So I love thinking of what have I let like sort of dam me up, and if I could release that, then yes. the flow, my own flow. Oh my goodness, flow. yes. Oh, yes. Yeah, I agree. So if you're listening. Really, I mean, I want you to think about that question. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so we'll wrap up with this one because I think it's such a great one. And it's <laughs> one I think about a lot. Um, what is my impossible goal? So first of all, tell Ooh. everyone what an impossible goal is from your perspective. Yeah. So an impossible goal from my perspective is something you can't even imagine right now. It's like something that you would absolutely love, but you're like, I don't know if that's possible for me right now. Yeah. And it could be 
it's just something that you can't even, it's like you think about it, but you're like, I don't know. It's like you think about it, you're like, ah, that can't even, that's not possible. Yeah. Right. right. Yes. And so was being an author an impossible goal for you? Is that why it struck um, you the way it did? Or? Well, no, no, no. That was one of my, I was like, I know I can do this. <laughs> okay. 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 What do you have for an impossible goal? One of my impossible goals is, and I have a number of them. Like one of them is I want this book to be on the New York Times bestseller list. Excellent. That's one of my impossible goals. Cause I just, you know, I want to empower so many women. So through yes. this, I know I could do that. And if I got that on the list, that'd yes. be part of it. So yeah. Yes. yes. Oh, I love that. I love that. <laughs> All right. So the link is going to be in the show notes, folks. We can help get this book. Up. Yeah. And one of the things I want to say about impossible goals is um, that when you create it, it's great to create the impossible goal. But what's even more valuable is the journey getting there because you're going to become such a different person in the process. Yeah. Just, there's just no way you will. Yes. And so I think that too is just like gold right there, like becoming different along the way in yes. your journey to getting to your goal. Yeah. So I, for an impossible goal for me yes. would be to be on Super Soul Sunday with Oprah. Okay. Because I have this, you know, the solve it method, everybody in my audience, I feel like I talk about it all the time, but I know yes. listening going, what the, what, what is she talking about? Yes. And, so the solvent method is a process that yes. I, I just realized I had, I was using in my yes. myself and with my clients. And it's a very simple, not always easy, right? Those are two yes. <laughs> but way to work through in, anything, whether it's a mm. problem, a circumstance problem, like whatever yes. it is. And so to me, it feels as powerful as if I had the cure for cancer, mm. you know? And so yes. I, so I feel that same big purpose of, I want to get this out there mm. so, because while I use it in coaching and of course, there's always another layer of value when you let someone coach you instead of yes. do it yourself, you know, DIY, yes. it does work as a DIY, right? Mm -hmm. Like everybody can understand it and we're like, yes to me that going through your book is like anybody could go through your book and if they were to go through your book and really give themselves the time and space yes to answer those questions like not the first you know thing that pops in your head necessarily no. mm -mm. because those are often our cultured habituated yes. responses mm -hmm. that thing that just flies yeah we you need to go deep yeah, mm. settle that mind, get almost in a sort of meditated, yes. you know, quiet state and ponder it, right? Like let it roll around in there and see what starts to bubble up. I think, yes, because I think our inner wisdom is so much quieter than our ego, right? Oh, so yeah. Oh, yeah. Sure. For sure. And our inner wisdom is like, you know, yeah. Way slowly but surely. Yeah. And so that would change their lives. And working with you would just add a whole nother layer. Yeah, I see what you're saying. Yeah. You know, so that's how I feel. Like I love a DIY thing. I love things at a lot of different yes. points as an entrepreneur. Yes. I work to be so expensive, you know, only the top 10% yeah. afford it or yeah. something like yeah. that. So I like a lot of different price points. And yes. 
I want somebody to be able to dive in and do it themselves. But I also know that when they do that and then work, yes. that's a whole nother thing. So, oh, to, yes. I know you have um, your group you call it's Thrive, right? Flourish. Flourish. Sorry yes. about that. Flourish. Yes. A very similar word, but I love Flourish. Yeah. Is it a membership community? Yes, it's a membership community. Okay. Yes. Tell everybody a little bit about that and how that could put their journey here. Um, oh, yeah. Okay. Book. Before I say that, though, I yeah. when you talked about the Super Soul Sun, it reminded me of my other impossible goal that okay. I wanted to share. Yes. And so the other impossible goal that I have that I absolutely love is to be able to have a talk show on either Netflix or Hulu. But guess what it will be about, though? women in the fifties and over, like talking about our stories, yeah. because I believe by doing that, we can change this negative narrative yes. that is, you know, just yeah. going on and over and over. We can change that. And, yes. you know, the younger ones can also learn from that. So I wanted to put that oh, in because I really I think that. Oh, that would be, that would be so good. Just for us. Yeah. Hungry for that kind of television. Yes. Like just us. Think of, um, what was the one um, difficult conversations with a black man? Maybe it was a, it's oh. an NFL football player that did it for oh. just a YouTube thing. And then nice. I did a whole thing with them. And now I yeah. see the book, but it's just all about privilege and race and just the subtle, uh, I mean, overt ways too. Yeah. Yeah. Subtle ways that things just get in the vernacular or. Yes have a perspective that is biased that you don't even know thank you to you know whatever um and if that caught fire so i think yeah. that in a similar way this conversation yes for women over i mean you see it in the even in the modeling industry like i i love vogue and Instagram. yeah of course it's a subscriber to those things for you know 30 years and you know 30 years ago it was all skinny white girls yeah and now even now they're even moving to size diversity. Yeah. Either last month or the month before they had women of all, you know, all different sizes. Yeah. Yeah. So it's changing. Different colors and different, you know, natural hair. Yeah. So right. It is changing and we want to be part of that just continuing. Yes. Normalize so that everybody can grow up. That's it. Like you did because exactly. I will say when I heard you say that you know now many minutes ago towards the beginning of our interview that your dad sort of gave you that you know mm -hmm. permission to do yes it, you could do it yes I can't even imagine being told that thinking that like I had the yeah opposite. so I have yeah. an absence of mm. that in my life that yeah. I get to learn how to give myself yeah um but the more we can make that the normal norm, yes, part of the conversation, yes, wake everybody up to a different story, yes. You know, our stories so are true. so powerful, so they I are. I love they are. Yeah. They are. And of course, yeah. I want to be a guest on your TV show, of course. <laughs> I mean, we need to. Can you imagine having those conversations? Yeah. I yeah. mean, it's like. <gasps> People are like, wow, they're in their 50s and they're doing that. You know, right. you see the young ones watching and like, oh, you know, I think yeah. it will change things it, globally. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. Yes. Anyway, back to Flourish. So yes. Flourish is an online. <laughs> I know we got carried away that's with a, this. 
<laughs> yeah. So Flourish is an online membership and I started it for the same reason. I want to empower women to give themselves permission mm-hmm. to create their own life. Mm-hmm. And I also want them to realize it's not too late because that's a common yeah. statement. It's too late. I'm like, too late for what? No. no. You're living and breathing. Let's go. Yes. 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 And so we cover different areas. We cover, you know, sleep. We cover health. We cover confidence because that's a big one at this age. We cover relationships. I mean, we cover different topics um, in the membership. So, yeah. Wonderful. So everybody, there'll be a link to that also in the show notes. So all the ways you can reach Kwave. Yes. Um, get the book, all the things. Thank you, Brenda. Thank you so much for this amazing conversation. And I guess I'll just give you a moment to, if there's anything that you want to leave the audience with as we wrap up today, um, of course, I'm putting you on the spot because I didn't tell you I would ask you that. That's fine. That's okay. (laughs) Drop us one more uh, gold nugget for what you is in that realm of accessing our authenticity mm. in an unapologetic way. Just that this is who I am. Yeah. One of the things I want to share with all of you listening is I want you to find time to have a one-on-one session with yourself. Mm. No phones, no TVs, nothing. It could be 15 minutes. It could be 30 minutes. It could be an hour, but that one-on-one session with you mm. is powerful. Now I'm going to tell you this though. It's uncomfortable for the first time. Because Mm -hmm. it's like your mind is going to be like, what are we doing? Can we go do something? Can I go clean? Can I do this? No, no. Yes. Sit. Sit. It's so powerful. Yes. Oh, Mm, beautiful. The perfect note to end on. (laughs) Thank you so much. You're welcome. This is great. And I look forward to all the impossible goals we will have between us. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) All righty. Thank you for joining me for another episode of Liberate Your People Pleaser. I've got a couple of great things in the show notes for you. So one, if you've heard me talk about a process I use with clients called the Solvent Method, I have put together a special bundle of podcasts that you can access through the show notes. You'll get the whole bundle in one email. And that way you can listen to the episodes that I recorded that explain this really simple process that you can use to self-coach. And then it will also give you sort of a window into what it's like to work with me. And on top of that, I'm going to put a link in the show notes for you to schedule a connection call because I hear from so many people in the podcast that they really connect with what I'm teaching and with what I'm coaching about, and it motivates them to want to work with me. I would say probably three-fourths of my clients over the last six months or so have come to me through this podcast. So if you're thinking about working with me, click on that connection call link and book your 15-minute call. Of course, there's no obligation. We'll talk about whatever your goals are with coaching, what you're thinking about, and make sure that I'm the coach for you and if this is the right time for you. And then I also in the show notes have the link to my private Facebook group so you can come join me over there. So thanks for joining me for this episode.